Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I want to dance with somebody. This is Dirt and Sprague. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Hmm? Andy Dirt Johnson. Step up, son. You're two pounds heavier than when you came to camp, but we can fix that. All we have to do is decrease his food intake and increase his metabolic output. All right, step up the scale, son. Muscle weighs more than fat. And Brendan Sprague. Seven-minute abs, and we guarantee just a good a workout is the eight-minute folk. If you're not happy with the first seven minutes, we're going to send you the extra minute free. See, that's it. That's our motto. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Maybe at the end of the show, we'll both take our clothes off, you, Armani, and me, mine, and we'll just give it to the audience. What do you think? The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here. On 1080 The Van, if you missed the first hour, the Service Patriots podcast at 1080thefan.com podcast section can be found. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. And the Vancouver Ford text line to reach us, 503-864-6326. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit VancouverFord.com. Uh, we'll get back into the playoff conversation. There are still many thoughts to be shared on that. Yeah, the matchups ended up being interesting, and the locations of the game ended up being very interesting. Reward the two seed by going to a road game against the three seed. How nice. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I, I figured Michigan would want to play in New Orleans. No, because you'd have more Bama fans in New uh, Orleans probably than Michigan, and Michigan fan loves the Rose Bowl because, you know, tradition. Yeah, sure, the history is there, no doubt. Um, I think it's also a way to weed out Alabama fans from traveling. He's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, travel to California, we yeah. dare you. You can't drive to this game, can you now? Yeah, they might, actually. Yeah. Um, we have a lot to get to. We, we briefly touched on the Washington-Oregon game, and Oregon falls in the Pac-12 title game to the Huskies. The Huskies have now won three straight. It's... You know, I'll, I want to give some credit, and I, I don't mean this facetiously. I'm, I'm being genuinely honest here. I think perspective in life is good. I woke up today. I'm 37 now, and I got excited. That's right. Happy birthday. I got excited. <laughs> Thank you. We totally forgot it was your birthday. It's okay. <laughs> I, the only reason I mentioned it is because yeah. I, I want to use the perspective angle here. I woke up, and my wife gave me the greatest gift. What'd she give you? She gave me a cast iron Dutch oven. Look at that. Yeah. Look at you. I know. You old man, you. I legitimately was happy. I'm like, oh my God, I've wanted this for over a year. I didn't want to buy. I wanted to see if you were going to get it. You don't want your wife to give you the other kind of Dutch oven. Stay away from those. No. I I might get divorced if that happens. (laughs) I'm not into that at all. I'm liking the smelling. Uh, (laughs) 
But perspective is good. Right now in college football, there are two coaches dealing with the same problem. One of them, you would have to get through the masses if you wanted to remove him. You would have to be an idiot to get on the radio to remove him. And the other is kind of on the hot seat. And it's crazy because they have the same problem. But the perspective is Ryan Day loses to Michigan three straight times. I don't know, man. I don't think this guy can cut it. What's his record when he doesn't play Michigan? Oh, no. I still don't think he can cut it. Dan Lanning loses to Washington three straight times. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hear a word about hot seat, about removal. Oh, it was out there. Was it? It was out there. Am I wrong on this? There is a there is a dark corner of the internet that exists, and it was out there on oh, Saturday night. The dark or corner. Or Friday night. Okay, the dark corners of the internet want Dan Lanning fired. I, my overall point is I don't think an Oregon fan with a real pulse wants Dan Lanning fired. No. Whereas Ohio State, it's kind of a controversy if he should be let go based on the one game a year that he just unfortunately hasn't won three straight times. Yeah, there is a level of perspective, I think, that it's it's a good spot to be incredibly disappointed with an end of a season in which you went 11-1 and in the regular season. Oregon this year played 12 opponents. They dominated 10 of the 12. This is just a really bad matchup for him, man. It's just a bad matchup. The way Washington played defensively in the game, I think, was the biggest surprise to everybody. Penix looked healthy. They got wide receivers back. Oregon got banged up on defense. It was almost a perfect storm on that side of the ball. Sorry to interrupt you. Did you see Penix quickly before the game? I forget who reported it or when it was said, but... He had something to the effect of somebody bringing up the injury thing and was yeah, like, he was like, I'm not hurt. What are you talking why, about? Why do people keep saying I'm hurt? And I'm like, well, I guess you I'm buried ready. your head in an electrical <laughs> box and you got ushered off the field. What do you think? I, a lot of this game, I think a lot of the opinion going into it was shaped by Las Vegas. Like we all came on the air on Monday and said nine, nine and a half. Like, what do they know that we don't know? Mm-hmm. I, you can like Oregon to win the game. You can think that Oregon's the better. Nine and a half. I know. By Tuesday, I'm nine like, and a half. Oregon's going to cover that number. And <laughs> that, I was in all week. That is a big line. And it's a game that they had already lost. So I, you're going the revenge angle, I guess. But I, a lot of it, I think, led us to believe that there's something going on with Penix that we just don't know about. And that didn't end up being the case. He looked healthy. He looked sharp. He played a great game. He had the one bad throw when he was under pressure. Outside of that, he was under control basically the entire time. But again, Washington. Washington scoring 34 and moving the ball against Oregon. Run game be damned because that was a surprise. I wasn't surprised that Washington had success offensively. We knew they were. I said on Friday, if Oregon gets to 40, they win the game. And I thought they were going to get to 40, and that's why I thought they were going to win the game. The head scratcher out of this entire thing is the other side of the football. It's an Oregon offense that has started strong, got an off scoring opening drive touchdowns in basically every game this season outside of like Washington the first time, Texas Tech and I don't know, maybe Wazoo. I can't. There's only three or four games all year that they haven't scored an opening drive touchdown. You go back to their game in Salt Lake City against Utah. Opening drive, boom, 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 touchdown, seven nothing. The USC game, boom, touchdown, opening drive. The Oregon State game, boom, touchdown, opening drive. You came out went three and out, three and out. The first play of the game, you threw a pass and it hit the damn umpire, and that was like a foreshadowing, a foreshadowing of this could be a rough night. I had a buddy that texted me one drive in of like, "What's going on with Knicks?" And I said, "I, he, I don't know. They've looked great. They've been throwing the ball on everybody. Credit to Washington's defense. They won up front. I think that had a lot to do with it. But they just seemed uncomfortable. They seemed disjointed. They seemed like the moment was too big for them. The spotlight was too bright. I don't know what it was, but they finally woke up and then they disappeared again late in the game. But you." can't get off to that bad of a start offensively against a team that has matchup advantages against your defense. I thought, you know, it, I give a lot of credit to Washington here. They they took it to Oregon and they grabbed that championship. 
I do think looking at that side of the ball is is worth diving into. I was dumbfounded by the play calling on the first possession. Pass, pass, pass. I mean, that's what they've been doing late in the year, though. That's what I, Nick, they've been doing. And but, Nix has been throwing touchdowns. But you, well, yeah, but but you have established, you had established a physicality by running against them twice. That I just would have thought, like one run in that sequence would have. Hey, let's see if we can get six to seven yards a clip like we did in Seattle. Mm-hmm. No. Pass, 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 incomplete, incomplete, punt, 25-second possession. All right, defense, you guys t- took took a breather. Get back out on the field. Yeah, you were just on the field for eight minutes. Now go back out there. Yeah, 726 was, was Washington's first drive, and that was kind of your first, like, oh, this game's not going to go exactly how I thought it was going to go for Oregon because of how long, and even though it ended with three, I still thought, like, Huskies probably feel good with that. As soon as Oregon followed it up with a three and out, you had the, uh-oh, here we go. And then they had <laughs> another three and out, and, and you just, I don't know, man, there was... I thought he calmed down, and I, I would actually argue for some reason their hurry-up offense was really the only effective offense it felt like they ran. Uh, but there was something a little unsettling that just I could feel through my TV. Maybe it was all of the Heisman chatter that he had kind of wrapped that award up, yeah. that they were such massive favorites, that they had rolled going into this game. Yeah. Bo seemed off. Yeah, I don't know how to quantify it. The stats don't look terrible. But he threw a really bad pick after they had just got a pick. All the momentum was on your side. You had completely flipped the game. You had scored 21 unanswered points. You were in control, and you got a pick that could have been a game-changing play in that game. Yes. And then you threw it right back to the other That team. was Auburn, Bo Nix. Yep. He hadn't done that all. That, guy, that was a throwaway throw, and he just threw it right to the defender. Yeah, who was stepped out of bounds and then snuck back yeah. in. It was like, God, how does that happen? I know. And and you're like, oh, did he did – he, you know, get he get control of himself from out of bounds, but there was just something off. And 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 you said it earlier to start. Maybe it was the moment. I I don't know. I'm I'm not certainly calling him a choker, but it just it didn't feel. He didn't feel like he looked. It didn't look like he was comfortable the way he had every other game coming into this one. Even the first Washington game, right? You watched that game in Seattle, and it wasn't a Bo Nix problem. You just couldn't get a fourth down. You yeah. get a fourth down, you win the game. Oregon played a good game. They had nearly 600 yards of offense. Like, this was not the issue. They just couldn't finish drives. In this game, it just was, from from the get-go, they just seemed disjointed. They seemed like they were nervous. They seemed like the moment was too big. I will say, though, to be fair in the quarterback analysis, because I do think Penix outplayed Nix, and it wasn't even particularly Certainly, close. Certainly, yes. The reality that Penix had going for him was that he could hand the ball to Dylan Johnson for seven to eight yards at a time. And Oregon had no answer for it. Oregon's been great against the run all year. We talked about it last week. An underrated aspect of Washington winning the first game was Dylan Johnson just doing enough on the ground. He didn't just do enough on Friday night. He dominated. He should have been the MVP of the game. I thought he was. He was the best player on Washington's team. We talked about him all week, about is he banged up? He didn't look healthy in the Apple Cup. He He was dominant on Friday night. And that when you have that as a quarterback, just enough to keep a defense honest. Now all of a sudden my linebackers are looking into the backfield waiting for a run play because we can't stop it. Or all of a sudden my safeties are closer to the line of scrimmage because they're running the football. Oh yeah, by the way, we're healthy on the outside and here come our wide receivers. They just didn't have an answer for it. So to be fair in the analysis of quarterback play, Bo did not have a good game whatsoever. 
Bucky Irving, who has been at times your MVP this season, having nine carries for 20 yards. Too much dancing. Like, just didn't. Jordan James Put was your foot the in the hole. ground. Yeah. I, I, I did not recognize Bucky Irving on Friday night. I don't know if he was hurt. Give a ton of credit to Washington's defense. He has been a good player in every game this year, and he was not a good player on Friday night. James was a little bit different to start the third quarter. They finally got the run game going. But when you're a quarterback and you can rely on that and it's got to keep a defense honest, man, your life is so much easier. Uh, we'll hear from DeBoer and Lanning of what happened in the Pac-12 title game. Uh, how surprised are you by what transpired between the Huskies and the Ducks? We'll read some thoughts at the Vancouver Ford text line as well. Dirt and Sprague back with more on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is uh, Transfer Portal Day. The portal's buzzing already. Kyle Honda McCord is out at Ohio State. Dylan Gabriel out at Oklahoma. Hello. Got some linemen, some skill position guys. I'm naming quarterbacks mainly because of those names we know mostly. Uh, Mississippi State's quarterback Will Rogers hit the portal. 24-7 is crystal balling this via Chris Hummer that Will Rogers from Mississippi State is transferring to Washington. Mm. And while that might not scare many fans out there, I would also put a disclaimer out. <laughs> what did you think of Penix when he left? And look at Penix now. He is a uh, senior transfer, Will Rogers, this last year. I don't know how many games he played. 12 touchdowns, 4 picks. He had two really good years the years before in Leach's system. Ah, 36 touchdowns, okay. 9 picks. 35 go. touchdowns, 8 picks. That was what I would expect in Seattle if and he plays. I'm assuming he, if he only had 12 and 4, I'm assuming he was banged up this year. I missed some time. Um, you know what's funny is like as dominant as we think, we both think Washington was in 37 to 22 in time of possession clearly tells you it's funny that it kind of 
boiled down at the end, like, was that a fumble from Penix? Because if Oregon gets that fumble, they're up 24-20. If you're there a millimeter earlier, I think they got the call right, as biased as I am. I know. It sucked because (laughs) when they got that, you thought, oh, my God, they're actually going to come back and win this game. Yeah. It it just needed to be a split second sooner, a millisecond sooner. Uh, Let's hear from the coaches of this contest. Kalen DeBoer now 3-0 against old Dan Lanning. Uh, here's Dan Lanning on how his uh, here's the difference he thinks in the losing the three games to Washington. Yeah, I'd say critical moments. Like I said, we were we were good on fourth down tonight, but we were three of ten on third down, and they were ten of fifteen. Right, you got to be better on third down. Um, you got to be able to establish the run. You know, we last time we played these guys, we were able to run the ball. We didn't have you know didn't have that success tonight. Um, but again, credit to them. They've been good in critical moments, and uh, we didn't finish. Here's Kalen DeBoer on his team's resolve. They were down in this game despite winning a lot of uh, statistical categories, and uh, his team came back, and they got the win. Yeah, I, I think we just always draw on our experiences. And, I mean, there there is a deep, deep, deep belief right now in our football team that when the moments get tough, we can really hone in and guys will just do their job, not get overwhelmed, and go execute. You know, it's just, I think, we, again, you, go, you can go back to one game and, and learn from it. You can go back to all of a sudden two or three. It's just everything has happened in a different way. We've won it in different ways. And so, man, we got, we got a brotherhood in that locker room that uh, is super proud and wants to continue to showcase uh, you know who they are collectively and how hard they play and how much they love each other and uh, it shows it shows because they're, they're just going to leave it all on the football field I uh, I didn't get much right last week in previewing this contest but one area that I was pretty proud of myself because he was asked about it a ton in the post game was just being in close games even if the opponent was lesser than and we frowned upon them barely beating teams like Stanford and Arizona State. The fact is, post the Oregon game, all I think they had did they have one blowout? I'd have no, to forget. They're this. all one score. They games. were all one score games. Not the final necessarily. Like they ended up beating USC right. by ten, but it was a one score game with two minutes. Yeah, you were in tight contests. That ended up being a huge factor for them. Where I'm not saying Oregon looked completely. Um, confused but Washington just plays with such a calmness he has a I've noted this about him all year just in my own thoughts of watching them when his team does something dumb or they allow a team to come back or they blow a big lead what have you his his nothing changes he never looks happy he never looks mad he just he's calm cool collected he's 24 and 2 at Washington 3 and 0 against Oregon uh it's about time and I think you and I have long been doing this but Kalen DeBoer, man, what a coach that Washington has found themselves. He's elite. There's no question about it, man. He is unbelievable. The game plan that they had on both sides of the ball I thought was was nearly perfect. I don't know if Oregon expected them to run the football as much as they did. At least I'm trying to draw conclusions of why you couldn't stop it, and that's the one that sticks out the most in my mind, but they had a great game plan and key situations in that game. Late in the game, you get down by the goal line, and what do you do? You throw to a tight end you haven't thrown to all season. Oregon doesn't cover him. Of course, he gets it. You you get off coverage on a final third down. You need to ice the clock or a fourth down. I can't remember. I blocked most of the memories out at this point. But you get a little off coverage. You run a rubber out. It's an easy It's an easy completion and an easy conversion. The game plan, it always felt like, was one step ahead of Oregon's, whereas Oregon's felt 
a little panicky, a little mm-hmm. too cute in certain moments. Like, I'll even go to the end of the game. They had, it's 27-24. Oregon has dug themselves out of a hole completely to get back into the ball game, despite trailing 20-3. to They at one point took the lead. They just gave up a touchdown, and that was, I believe, the, the possession in which there was a fumble that was overturned. You have the ball. It's the fourth quarter. Oregon goes three and out. They have a third and nine, and what do they call they call it a quarterback draw. Yeah. And it's just one of those moments where it's like, are you getting a little too cute here? Like, that, that's your play call in that moment. He's they, tackled for no gain. Yep. I don't know if you're setting it up for a fourth down play or not. But then you have to punt the ball right back, and you essentially are done at that moment because your defense had used up all the stops that they could get with the injuries that mounted up on that side of the ball for them as the game went on. It just felt like Washington was in control. Oregon was thinking too much. They got a little too cute. The moment was too big for them, not only the players, but the coaching staff as well. And the other thing about this, I think, would would lend the argument of dominance clearly established, I thought, between the two, even though the final's a three-point gap. I thought the pass interference call at the end of the first half was atrocious. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really bad call, and it gets Oregon closer. They score a touchdown there. Mm -hmm. And the touchdown that Holden had, man, that was a hell of a play. What are the odds of getting that touchdown, like, from that distance in that way? Like, those those are low percentages. So it's not to completely dismiss Oregon entirely. It's just to simply point out two scores. One is kind of benefited by the penalty, and the other is just a remarkable play and athleticism by an Oregon player to go the full length of the field as quickly as they did. Mm-hmm. This very well could have been a wider margin than three points. I just th- – I'm I'm taking them in the points against Texas. I have to. The, no, the resolve they displayed in this one, coming out, backs against the wall week, double-digit underdogs basically – and people like me all over America talking about this game, picking Oregon, and to do that, I just I I was I was truly sitting on my couch watching, just like wow, I really watched them do that. <laughs> not that they won; it's just yeah. how they won that I could not. I still have not gotten over how much more physical they were and executed so precisely when they needed to, like picking up third and nine on a run. Yeah, I knew they were going to run. You knew they were going to run. Oregon knew they were going to run. That cutback and blocking, everything was perfect on that play. I didn't pull the play-by-play cut for you. I don't want you to hear Washington play-by-play guys on the radio express how they felt on that. But like just capping the game off in that way, I thought was the perfect stamp of this was what happened tonight. Yeah. Third and nine, game on the line, get the ball back. Nah. We're gonna run this down your throat and pick up a first down. You have no answer, man. I I will say I I I will tip my cap. Oregon played their worst game in the biggest moment of the season, and a lot of that is because of the game that Washington played. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. Oregon also didn't look like themselves. We saw a game in Seattle earlier this year where they were much better offensively. It sucks to have that be the final game of your season with everything on the line, and that's the way that you played. I also respect the hell out of the way that they fought back in that game because they 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 took haymaker after haymaker after. Haymaker. Yes, they did. Early. They looked shocked. They looked they looked stuttered. Uh, they didn't look like they knew where they were. It was 20 to 3 with about a minute and a half to go in the first half. And that's a bloodbath. And they found a way to score. They found a way to score to start the second half. They found a way to get a stop and score again. They scored 21 unanswered to make it a ball game. That had that had blowout written all over it. And the fact that they were able to fight their way back, I thought showed a lot of resolve. It just sucks that this is the way that the season ends. And Lanning unquestionably has a Washington problem. Mm. Now it's three losses 
losses by by a total of nine points. You're not getting blown out. There's no lopsided affairs here. This one was the most lopsided out of all of them. To your point, they got that late touchdown. This one certainly tastes the worst. This not just one easily of the stakes, tastes the worst because yeah. you were outplayed. Yeah. The other games you could argue you weren't outplayed. It just is a moment here, a moment there, and you find a way to win the ball game. This game you were outplayed uh, from start to finish. But I I do think for Oregon fan because there is a lot of consternation out there about Landing and his inability to beat Washington of having perspective of where you're at, I think is really important in moments like this. Oregon has not had many 11-1 seasons in the history of their program. It doesn't happen very often. They, I think what, what, what hurts the most is that when you look at every comparable matchup on the schedule this year, Oregon was more impressive against literally every team on the schedule than Washington was. They beat every team by a more convincing and wider margin than what go down the list. Arizona State, Stanford, USC, Utah. I know the USC score was closer in the end, but Oregon controlled that game throughout and gave up some late touchdowns. Oregon State, go down the list of every team that they played. Oregon was more impressive against the alternative opponent. There's just something about this matchup. It's a bad one for Oregon. They got healthy at the right time. And I think Vegas did them a tremendous favor with that point spread. Yeah. Where it's really hard to beat a team twice in the same season. They had that galvanized stat to look at all week long of no they took the, they took my steam nobody's giving us a chance <laughs> and they used it against Oregon on Friday night uh two quick things my cousin who's a husky fan actually thought about this he says if Oregon would have won he's not sure Oregon gets in the playoff it's not a guarantee at all with do you what think trans- they would have <sighs> I mean I think the, uh, it's probably a 60 40 proposition but it's not a guarantee at all with what transpired on Saturday because seemingly you'd be beating Bama for that spot, right? That's well, how the committee viewed that. Washington would have been out, which would have been unfair to them, but Washington would have been out, and it would have been a question of pro- Alabama and Texas were good again because Alabama had to get in, and in order to put Alabama in, they had to put Texas in. So would in. Oregon have jumped Florida State? It would have been an Oregon-Florida State Probably, question. Right? Probably, but it's not a guarantee. And the final one, I have to do this just one time on the show for the show's sake. Uh, I did enjoy the joke on Twitter trending after Oregon lost that Landing is now 0-4 against rivals when they have a coach who's coaching for his current team. Oh, okay. Because the Civil War didn't yeah. count. That was, Of course, it didn't count. Come That's on. Right. You know that. When are you going to pay off your bet? We didn't even figure out what the bet was. I know. I'm letting you skate, man. I said let's come up with ideas. I do want to pay off something. I want to make you chug a can of soup because you were going to make me do that. A can of soup. I'm going to make you shotgun a can of soup. That'd be terrible. Uh, We have a lot to get into. An hour and a half left on the show. Uh, Dirt and Sprague, a whole lot more. Vancouver Ford Text Lines, 503-864-6326. We're back with more. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, we'll get back into the Pac-12 championship in the final hour. Today is uh, Brandon Sprague's birthday. Oh, hello. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Was that a fart? Nope, it's just a birthday. I used to play an uncomfortable birthday drop for you guys. You did. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. The Wayne's World happy birthday, Marilyn Monroe. Happy birthday. (laughs) We don't do that anymore. Uh, I unfortunately do not have good news to deliver to you on your birthday. What? I have bad news. But at least, hey, misery loves company. Come on in, boys. The water is warm. Feels great in here. My heart was broken on Friday night. He said, your tears, what did you say? Your tears are, del- Swag, what did he say? His tears are delicious? I think it was tears like, are attractive. attractive. Tears are attractive. That's, That's a good poll was. question. Are yeah. Dirt's tears attractive? Yes very or no? Attra- very attractive. So let's drink some of your tears. Uh, today is also Transfer Portal Monday, and it just came across the wire that Aiden Childs has entered the transfer portal. Oh, no! So no DJ, no Aiden Childs. Can I just, I saw a take out there. We were talking about it during the break. This has nothing, and I mean Literally nothing to do with Ryan Gunderson, mm. friend of the program, who was hired to be the offense. I don't have they made that official yet, by the way. It's weird that they haven't. I haven't no. okay. Seen we, yet. So he's getting hired as the offense coordinator. We, breaking, we tweeted that out last Thursday. Breaking yeah. news: Kerry Agers has had it. I <laughs> yeah. think Beaver Blitz. Every, like yes. everybody, he's going to be the offensive can't coordinator. Announce something specific until they actually sign a contract. So. Okay. Well, I'm a big fan of Ryan Gunderson. He's a friend of the program. Very nice dude. I'm I'm stoked for him that he got that job. I'm glad he got out of UCLA. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Sinking ship. Chip's going to get fired. Bail now. Uh, this has nothing to do with that. So anybody who wants to blame Ryan Gunderson for this, just shut up. It has nothing to do with that. Mm. He's transferring because of the conference situation and the conference situation only. And that's the reality, unfortunately, that your program is faced with. But this doesn't make the pain go not feel any, any less painful. This is this is a tough one. Aiden Child's in the portal. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's another log on the fire for us, Dirt. Burn that fire bright. <laughs> We're going to come for revenge next year, Mountain West. Burn in your house now. You wait. Uh, look, it, this was always going to be a difficult task, I thought, to keep him. Um, I had talked to somebody about a week or so ago who said, Really liked, uh, really liked Jonathan. Obviously committed to it, and then that whole thing transpired. He felt very conflicted, and then ultimately, like it's the portal. So what? What does the portal mean? Cha-ching! Competing and money. It's, it is what it is. Nobody wants to hear that your school maybe couldn't pay as much, or your school isn't in a competitive position. It's not a great thing to hear. I'm telling you right now, first, first and foremost. I also can't fault him here. Where he chooses to go is an interesting one. I think the world of the kid. I think whoever gets Aiden Childs is getting a damn good college football player. As sad as this is, is part of you kind of rooting he doesn't go to Michigan State so you can at least kind of root for him? Because I'd imagine that's a little tough to root for him if he goes to Michigan State. Not that you want him to fail, but... Hmm. How can I say... These are, these are complicated yeah. things when you have a player that transfers. Look, I, I don't hate Michigan State. Um, You're not rooting against Jonathan? 
I'm one of those no, I, but I've always been a weird beaver for people. I'm yeah. not one that's like so, like a lot of the others. Like I, I thought what Jonathan did was remarkable, and I'm always going to appreciate that. And I don't really like could he have handled it differently? I, I again, I don't know. I think that whole thing is always going to be ugly, but. He he made a choice for himself. I, I I think it's awkward. Like we all make choices for ourselves. You make decisions every day that I don't know about, mm-hmm. nor are they my business. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to leave this show to go do MLB Network stuff, I I'd be heartbroken and devastated. I couldn't blame you for it. I contemplated it on Friday night. I bet you did. <laughs> but like we have to just respect people's opinion. He yeah. left. It hurts, but he wants to go coach in the Big Ten with Michigan State. He just views that as a good job. Not going to root against him if they get Aiden Childs. That's fair. I'm rooting for Aiden Childs. I'm also devastated for the program, and I hope that the coaching staff. I like what they're putting together. It's very Oregon State heavy. I I hope that they can steer this ship long enough to where maybe the ACC and the Big Twelve kind of feel pressure crumble, and we rebuild this thing in three years. I thought Pat Chun had a really good quote when he said. The, the landscape has changed drastically in two years. Just wait and see, man. Let's see what it is in three, and that's what they're going to do with the lawsuit money. They're just going to bide their time, see what happens, and maybe repiece this thing back together to be a part of the bigger group. But I can't blame kids for also wanting to leave, given that they're basically pseudo-Mountain West. Yeah, the, the reality in college football has been all year, and I, this is what I've tried to point out. I don't know how it impacts Oregon State and Washington State in the long term. The ACC's on their deathbed. Florida State not making the playoff didn't help. There's a report that like four schools reached out to the Big 12 that like it and it was like Boston College, it was uh Virginia Tech. It was like schools like that are reaching out saying cuz they realize what the big schools want to do and they don't yeah. want to be left looking out. Right. They don't want to be Oregon State and Washington yes. State where everybody else gets a life raft. It's like Florida State was releasing statements in the middle of the year how pissed they were at their conference Clemson the and they want out. They all want out. Mm-hmm. And so it's only a matter of time until this all moves again. And what does that mean for Oregon State and Washington State in the long term? Again, I don't know. But this notion that this is the finality of conference realignment right. in the way that the sport we're all like we all we're always evolving. Houston was out of a power five now they're back in a power five or a power four whatever you want to label it but that is really tough news for Oregon State Aiden Childs has entered the transfer portal uh this morning that just came across the wire the other thing I would add to this I don't think this will be the last one for them I had no. somebody else tell me a week ago they think the top third of the talent is going to be hitting the portal in this one DJ's gone and feel how you feel about it uh I know Martinez is staying and that's positive news he also has only one more year left Childs leaving not shocking I keep an eye on for some other names for them. I um I don't think this is the end of it. I want to get to a couple of the quick notes, transfer portal related, because there's a few names that are entering that I find interesting. A couple of names that Oregon fans should probably keep an eye on. We mentioned the crystal ball earlier to Washington, and then we'll get back into the playoff, the matchups, the Pac-12 championship game, all that again in the final hour. But there's a name out there. What does it do for the future of this program? Let's speculate next on the fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back in. Happy Monday morning. Yes, I'm here. Everybody kept tweeting me. Are you coming in Monday morning, Dirt? Man, I don't miss shows, man. We, we face the music, man. It's not always fun for us as sports fans. It's fun for fodder, but I'm, I'm here. I don't fake I have a hamstring injury. Um, Dylan Gabriel. When I say Dylan Gabriel, what comes to mind? Uh, Good player. Good player? Good player. Had a good year at Oklahoma this year? Really good year for Oklahoma. They just, you know, uh, unfortunately they fell short and won too many games. They they should have been, there's no doubt in my mind, they should have been in the pack, or the Big 12 title game. That yeah. should have been a rematch between Texas and Oklahoma. Tiebreakers are a beautiful thing, my friend. Yeah, in that <laughs> instance it really would have been because everybody and their mom knew Oklahoma State wasn't going to beat Texas. Yeah. I, I told you Friday, I, Texas is not all the way trustworthy for me, but... We also cited that Oklahoma State was incredibly fortunate to be in that spot. He has played five years of college football. He's going to have a sixth year next year because, you know, he had some injuries and a no-counties COVID year. The beautiful thing about this modern sport that we all love, he entered his name into the transfer portal, and mm-hmm. this started as the speculation grew yesterday that this was going to happen. I, I don't know enough about Oklahoma to know why this is. Is it just because he can get a bigger paycheck? Is it because they have a guy that's behind him? They're like, hey, we don't want to lose him, so we're ushering in the next era. I don't know how all that's working out. Yeah, you do. He, well, it sh- Isn't it could this just- free agency? This is just let me well, see sure. the market and see what money I can get. Yeah, but I I don't know. Maybe o- maybe Oklahoma doesn't have their NIL figured out, but I, I have a hard time believing that. Like, it's Oklahoma, man. It's a big deal. You're telling me they can't play players, too? But maybe Oregon can <laughs> offer six figures more than they Oklahoma. Can. Like, it's, it, it's a they small can. margin, but... I kind of think what most of this is is just like it's value. Let me see what my worth is on the open market. It could be. He had 36, uh, 30 touchdowns, six interceptions this year, the highest QB rating of his career, and that is a name that is growing in speculation around Oregon. I know we listed Cam Ward last week. I know that's still a player that they're interested in. Another major opening, though, happened this morning. Kyle McCord, who went 11-1 and as a starting quarterback at Ohio State, also entered the transfer portal. So now Ohio State needs a new starting quarterback. Florida State's in the services for a new starting quarterback. Yeah. Washington, obviously, will be losing wow. Penix. Sounds like they've got their guy, but will that's Rogers just a crystal ball. Could be the guy. Oregon, obviously, needing a new quarterback. I mean, you just look across. Well, USC. Yeah, Thompson. Uh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I will not stand for the Ty Thompson slander. I was rooting for him, actually, to play in the Fiesta Bowl. I thought Bo would naturally <laughs> sit out for the draft, and they said he's going to play. And I'm like, well, there's a go Ty Thompson. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see his name pop up somewhere today. I but, but hey, I said the same thing last year. Bo announced he was coming back, and I'm like, oh, Ty's gone. And then Ty stuck around for another year. So maybe he does it again. I don't know. But I would be pretty surprised, especially with Bo announcing he's going to play in the bowl game if Ty Thompson sticks around for that one, because this is a tight window that you got to hit. Uh, but it does sound like Dylan Gabriel will be a guy that Oregon is very interested in. And it's a... You know, part of me is excited, but also part of me doesn't like this stuff. It's like a combination. It's almost turning into modern college basketball. Like the hardest, I watched a little bit. I needed an Oregon pick me up on Saturday, so I watched the end of their game against Michigan. And Jackson, you're lucky it picked you up. It did. It almost didn't pick me up. <laughs> Shellstad hit a big three late. They won. You're like, all right, this is cool. It was a marquee game, and they won. I don't know if Michigan's any good, but what the hell. 
the hard part that I have with college hoops every year, it's like it's just a new team. You just throw it together, and I'm like, I don't recognize 90% of these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to learn about them until March Madness, and then they're all going to be gone next year. And Dylan Gabriel would be a hired gun for one season, essentially. Uh, but it would it would solve a major question, and that is who is the Oregon quarterback going to be next year? I, and I don't think we're done. I think the thing's just going to keep growing as the day goes on and the oh, days yeah. go on. I mean, their team's still playing, by the way, that there's going to be more names from those teams that hit the portal because, again, they might have incredible value that they right. cash out on. And right. I don't begrudge any of these guys. I do. It does make it. It's a good and bad thing. It sucks. Like, Oklahoma fan right now is probably like, damn it, they lost their quarterback. But Oregon or another program could be going, hey, man, at least we've got a stable uh, leader coming in after such a stable leader in Bo Nix. Like, it, it can rework your program, and it can also be devastating in some ways. Mm-hmm. The thing I wonder, though, is, like, where it all sits between him now and Cam Ward, if you're Oregon. If the Will Rogers, Mississippi State, Washington crystal ball is accurate, who would you rather have, Cam Ward or Dylan Gabriel? That's a really tough question. <laughs> and I don't Cam know if Ward I'm... doesn't get hurt. No, Gabriel has some injury history. And Gabriel's career has been changed a little bit because of that injury history. But you look at what he did this year at Oklahoma and you go, yeah. What if certain things were a little better in Eugene than they are in Norman, Oklahoma? Yeah. And also, you could say the same thing about Cam. Like, yo, you played at Washington State. You had a good career at Washington State. Imagine what you had if you had Oregon weapons around you. If you could run the football and had a defense, right? I mean, they just didn't have that necessarily the last two years. What is the most attractive opening? Let's play that fun game of, of like, the five biggest schools. I'm assuming USC won't go get one because they have a kid that I think they're really high on in Malachi Nelson, I believe is his name. So if, if Caleb leaves, which I expect he will, I don't imagine they'll hit one of these guys. Also, there was a report that Lincoln flew to Kansas and met with Will uh, Will Howard. Oh, really? The Kansas State kid who's had entered oh. the portal. And many people were like, really? That would be a good, that kind of pickup makes more sense of like, hey, we got a five star guy we like just in case, come in and compete kind of thing. I'd let him have the job and then be the five star kid. Like, we just saw with Dante Moore. You don't want to yeah. lose the, if they lose enough and they're devastated enough, you get a Dante Moore situation. Like, you That's handled true. me poorly. Put the kid in a good position. Of the jobs, I know that'll be like available. Florida State, Ohio yeah. State, Oregon, Washington. I just use that as a big four. Probably Ohio State, right? I'd probably lean Ohio State one, Washington two, okay. and that's not to create controversy. It's just to say, dude, that for whatever reason, that guy is winning. Yeah. And I don't know what they're going to have at the target positions. I know they're going to lose Rome. But I'm going to assume he just knows how to use me. Oregon three, and then Florida State, probably my fourth. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of recruiting news going on. This is a how story. would you rank it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about Washington's roster for next year. Like as of now, it looks super attractive. What do they have at wide receiver? What do they have at offensive line? Like the fascinating question that I have about Washington. There's nothing negative you can say about them in the current light. They just went undefeated, won the conference, and they're going to the college ball playoff. They beat my team twice. So McMillan's a junior. I think it's a question of the future. Does McMillan stick around after his injury riddled season? Odunze's likely gone. You're losing your key edge rushers, and the recruiting class is awful for next year. It's just a fact. I'm trying to see Polk, and then you got Bernard. Is I mean, they got weapons. Charles Jackson will be back. I know they redshirted yeah, him. He, he had a nice little play in that game because yeah. he hadn't played most of the year. But my, my point is just simply, I'm just going to go off what I've seen, and I am reacting to the moment. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have very high regard for Penix and or Knicks. We didn't think either of them would be anything. Yeah, touche. That's a fair one as well. But I just 
what DeBoer is in a game. I just like what he is. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably lean Washington with Oregon a very close second. Yeah. Be curious which wide receivers will be back at Florida State, too. That's a determining factor. I'd likely Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are gone, but they're recruiting at a really high level. They got a really good class coming in. So yeah. there's a lot of options out there, man. Uh, LSU is another job. They're losing Jane Daniels. I don't know what they have after him, but I'd imagine Jane Daniels is going to the NFL. I This is where. Um, I, I want to say it was a couple months ago. Remember, we talked about the portal versus the high school rankings yep. and like what matters more. High school probably still wins out here, but you are noticing the trend here is we're not just handing the reins to the freshman kid. No, we got a guy that's ready to play right now. Play him. Yeah, there it's a plug and play. So the free agency of NIL is creating basically junior, senior, grad, senior opportunities, and your team doesn't have to go through the pains of a freshman or sophomore first time playing. Some of these teams will do it, but you are seeing right now with all of these names putting into the portal, a lot of these programs are going to have just plug and play. Yeah. There's no there's no weight here. These guys all have experience. They all know what it takes to win football games. All ready to go. And so you you kind of feel a little less stressed about certain things about your team going into the next season knowing you have experience coming in. I do think it questions last thought on this. You don't really want with these situations a tough early schedule because it can take you some time to gel when it's a new team. It doesn't right. happen right away. There's no preseason. You got spring ball and fall camp and then boom. When you got to play these tough matchups early on in the year, I do think there's an aspect of teams can change and evolve as the year goes on. Oregon last year, Georgia Oregon, and then right. after what happened. Like you got a whole new roster, a new quarterback. It's like, yeah, good luck winning that game. You had no chance. Not that you had any chance later in the year against Georgia either. Uh, but here's the, the quick notes on the quarterback position today. Aiden Childs is in the transfer portal. If you're just getting in your car, he is leaving Oregon State. Will Rogers, the Mississippi State transfer, has been predicted to sign with Washington, so we'll keep an eye on that one, and it sounds like Oregon is uh, going strongly after Dylan Gabriel, who started at Oklahoma the last two years. He is also in the portal. Can I ask you quickly, so I'm not on Twitter right now, but I didn't see, so is that what the report is, that Oregon, it's more Gabriel than Ward? It seems like that's the murmur right now. Because when McCord put in this morning, I had seen at 5 a.m., McCord was transferring uh i also saw that cam ward and uh there was one more but cam ward was maybe linked maybe ohio state's calling on cam ward i think florida state's calling on cam ward too and that's who it was florida state yeah this is i mean you got your pick of the litter man if you're one of these big quarterbacks this is why you enter the portal matt rule said it last week you can get two million dollars it's a bidding war for these guys you need a starting quarterback for next year we'll see where they all end up landing uh we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show we'll see if we have time for the 49er beatdown in philly boy did my heart need that yesterday let's talk about it i that was a (laughs) massive statement and i have an mvp thing i want to bring up who is the best team in the nfl i think we know the answer to that question. Uh, we'll get back into the playoff. Did they screw over Florida State? We got poll questions, packed off championship game, loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fam. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.